Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please subscribe to the show and please share widely with others. It makes a huge difference indeed. Today we are talking with Jeffrey Abramson. And Jeffrey is a philanthropist. He is someone who's been involved with transcendental meditation for, I think, over three decades. And he is the co-founder of the Arona and Jeffrey Abramson Foundation. He is uh, quite a sophisticated philanthropist, someone with a big heart, someone with good humor. And we're going to have a really good chat talking about philanthropy, talking about TM, and, uh, and all good things. So, Jeffrey, a big heartfelt welcome onto the Do One Better podcast. Thank you, Alberto. Thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. So, we started a foundation uh, I guess, to formalize our charitable contributions around a mission. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were already giving money individually. But for me, I would say it really started as a child, a young child, when I would watch how my parents and their peers took on issues and they took on uh, research to find answers to those issues. Now, I, too, at a very young age, had issues I wanted to solve. I wanted to end suffering. Mm -hmm. And this really weighed on me. But knowing individuals alone could make an impact inspired me. So somehow, I got these two ideas or requirements in my head when I was about eight years old of what was going to be the unique contribution to end suffering. So one, that there was one thing that could be given to people everywhere to change their circumstances. So they were the ones who lifted themselves up. And two, it needed to make them self-sufficient, not dependent on others. Now, where these requirements came from I had no idea, but I really believed in them. Now, I had to wait quite a while, I guess, to find this magic formula. Mm -hmm. But uh, many years later, when I was 20, I learned the transcendental meditation technique, and I quickly experienced the benefits. And at that moment, I realized that maybe this was the one thing, uh, that one gift that I had been looking for that could deeply affect and empower everyone. Now, I was lucky, lucky in that with the Transcendental Meditation Technique, I didn't have to spend any time or dollars looking for answers to make an impact. I had found a tool to make an impact. I I just needed to put it to work. So my sole goal then, and I think it's the same as it is now, was to expand the research on transcendental meditation and give people around the world access to their to their god-given potential uh, to unleash their drive so they could directly impact their own lives and their own communities and i think it is true now as it was back then and this was when wellness this is when you were just 20. Yes. <laughs> and, and your yes, original yes. thinking on, on philanthropy, as it were, was when you were just eight. Eight, yes. So you started off eight. early. 
I still had the little can and I would still put money for to get the gum to help people because I knew people needed many things. But I knew that there was one thing special. Mm. I don't know how, but I knew that there was. And not to get personal on your age, but 20 wasn't yesterday. You've been around for a little while. It so. was, uh, I've been in philanthropy <laughs> since I was eight. So I've been in philanthropy since I was for 60 years. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And tell me, so let's start off a little bit with the foundation that you have. And, and I understand um, because you're a successful businessman, you're based out in Washington, D.C., you're in real estate. And uh, one of the things that I read that struck a note uh, was that you like to align your business values with your philanthropy. So I'd love to know a little bit about um, the more structured side of philanthropy as you go about it. So you started or you co-founded the, uh, the foundation with, with your wife, Rona back in 2012. Tell us a little bit about the organization and how also that all uh, aligns with your, your, your business. Yes, I think that my brothers and I have this sort of innate understanding that business is our philanthropy, or it could be our philanthropy is our business as long as it's sustainable. We never seem to separate the two. They both have to have values in which it would better people, where there was a fairness. Now, Broden and I were inspired by the, uh, the 1946 preamble uh, to the Constitution of UNESCO. Mm -hmm. And listen to it very carefully. They really nailed it. And it says they recognized that, quote, since wars begin in the minds of people, It is in the minds of people that the defenses of peace must be constructed, end quote. So together, equality and peace begin first within each of us. And for Ronan and I, it has always been about making real change, not just talking about it. And our one goal was... In continues to be focused on improving the quality of people's lives by increasing access to transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And we do this by partnering with the right organizations. And in preparing for this podcast, I was reflecting on one of our earliest projects that we co-funded, which was a study on how TM improved cardiovascular health in African-American population. And the results were so, were so promising that the National Institutes of Health in the United States funded $26 million to further research transcendental meditation and hypertension. And it showed in simple terms that an orderly, settled mind positively affects the body. We knew, always knew the opposite. A nervous person created hypertension. But this proved that an orderly, settled mind affects the body, that indeed there is a mind-body connection, and that there is a non-drug therapy to reduce hypertension. And this non-drug therapy had better compliance than drug therapy, but of course it got all the, the benefits, the side benefits of transcendental meditation. And with this study, uh, Ron and I were off on our mission. That's excellent. Well, let me talk about uh, my wife, Rona's work in Africa. Mm -hmm. So she was very dedicated to transforming 
the reality of undervalued and overlooked women. So Rona inspired a group of Ugandan women to become certified teachers of transcendental meditation. Now, together that team, which is known as AWAGO, okay. mission is to improve the lives of at-risk women and girls by teaching them to meditate. So every month, the AWAGO team visits communities or teams with NGOs to teach transcendental meditation to over about 150 women. And they also do group meditations at that time. Mm -hmm. Now, these women are primarily single, young, have suffered physical abuse, drug addiction, sexual trafficking, and they live in poor slums and, of course, without running water or electricity. Now, the change on the quality of their lives and their family was very heartwarming to me. And it was the lifestyle changes that caught my attention. Simply, they got their life back. They stopped beating their children, stopped using drugs, stopped prostitution. The women found jobs or started entrepreneurial ventures. So within a very short time, we were able to offer positive impact through their participation in the Transcendental Meditation Technique. Now, let me read a note mm -hmm. uh, that I got from one of these women. Quote, before Transcendental Meditation, I was unable to get myself going to find work. I couldn't even think of working. Transcendental Meditation has opened up my mind and helped me think better. And now I have a job selling bananas and my children are going to school and feeling happy. That, that last point where she says, my children were going to school now and feeling happy. When you give transcendental meditation to mothers, they are positively affecting the next generation too. And, and I only wish I could show you and your audience photos so you could see for yourself know how much they have changed hmm. and tell me about transcendental meditation itself so it's um by the way for for our regular listeners you probably know this but for those of you who are new to the show you may not uh, back in march we had dr tony nader on the show who is the ceo of the uh, transcendental meditation organizations so you can take a look at that podcast also for further context as well but Jeffrey, since I have you here and you've been practicing TM for, I understand, maybe 35 years or so, um, tell us and tell the listeners who, who may not be familiar with it, what exactly is TM or Transcendental Meditation? So uh, Transcendental Meditation is a very simple meditation practice. Uh, uh, the person sits comfortably for 20 minutes with eyes closed twice a day. So the Transcendental Meditation technique allows a person's active mind to simply settle inward until they experience the most silent and peaceful level of their own awareness on an inner settledness that becomes the foundation of every thought and action. Now, in order to practice transcendental meditation, you don't need to believe in anything. You don't even need to believe it works hmm. or have a certain attitude. The mind becomes 
naturally and spontaneously clearer, more dynamic, and grounded just from the simple practice, 20 minutes twice a day. That's it. If you can think a thought, you can practice transcendental meditation and quickly get the benefits. And it takes about an hour a day for four days straight to learn TM, and then you're self-sufficient and you can practice TM on your own. Hmm. So you're, 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 you're practicing now for how long? Was it about 35? Uh, it'll be 48 years shortly. 48 years. So I, I, I understated the, the number then. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been a very enjoyable 48 years. That's wonderful. How did you, <laughs> how did you initially get into all of this? How did, you, um, how did you get acquainted with TM in the first instance? So I was initially attracted to transcendental meditation because of its benefits. And that, of course, that it was backed by science. So when I saw that it was backed by science, I knew that I could get those benefits. And back then, uh, there were 16 studies. This is 1972. Mm -hmm. And today, there, there are over 400 studies. Now, when I saw the broad range of benefits, I remember how surprised I was that these skills and attributes were not developed as part of my education. Mm -hmm. And I noticed it developed my whole person. An inner silence unfolded. You had a greater alertness, and I had a thirst to learn. A, a dignity unfolded in my life. I was different. I was really happy. And there was this beautiful, delightful sense of momentum to my life. I felt like I had leaped forward years, yet I had only been meditating for a few days. And everyone seemed to get the same results. It was a technique for active, successful people, people who wanted to accomplish great things. And everyone I met that practiced TM was or became accomplished in their field. So about a year later, when I was uh, 21, I decided to become a teacher of transcendental meditation, and then I was officially off on my mission. <laughs> and uh, and now, way back, uh, way back in the day, uh, someone who's no longer around, but the the founder of the uh, of the TM organization, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, you 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 were acquainted with him. You worked with him. Yes, I had a great opportunity to work with Maharishi, and but first, uh, Maharishi led my teacher training course. He brought the transcendental meditation technique, as you said, to the Western world. And then I went back to Washington, D.C. and taught TM uh, for a year. But, of course, after a year, I wanted more. And uh, I got a chance to work with Maharshi at the international headquarters. Mm -hmm. This uh, was a defining moment in my life. Uh, this was a life-transforming experience for me. I grew up really fast. I learned to take responsibility for the whole world. And I learned directly from Maharshi and his extraordinary international teams. I would say how to implement the TM program around the world, but most importantly, how to care for the world and how to become a leader in society. And I watched how Maharshi worked day and night to end suffering in the world. And I noticed that became me as well. Hmm. And I uh, was also very fortunate 
to be in the room many times when world leaders, scientists, Nobel laureates will come to meet Maharshi and listen to Maharshi's insights on transforming society by transforming human consciousness. I would say that this moment in time, I also saw that one person, anyone, could change the world. And I too wanted to reshape and improve the world's social, you know, political and economic landscape. You know, I think of this time uh, with Maharshi often. In many ways, that experience is still unfolding for me. Mm. And personally, I think volunteering should be part of everyone's life. Uh, this time with Maharshi was like a time of public service for me. There are experiences one cannot truly learn on your own. And I have the deepest respect for those who volunteer and have really put themselves out there for others. It, it, um, it magnifies your life with unforgettable experiences and a rich and a deep respect for life. Uh, volunteering... I would say is really important preparation for life, especially to be a true and compassionate leader. Hmm. I think also what inspires me about the future um, is because of the younger generation and that they are so passionate about protecting our environment and our freedoms. They're not afraid to speak up and act. It's a time for change. And uh, they are really leading the charge. You know, it, it reminds me of the 1960s energy, mm -hmm. you know, when young people mobilized to make a difference and create new priorities. They made history and inspired generations that follow. So like people like Greta Thunberg or allies to minority movements like Black Lives Matters or Me Too are making... I would say, significant changes to improve our climate and how we treat each other. I see uh, an openness in all generations and demographics. You know, mm. They're ready and eager to roll up their sleeves. And personally, I feel very fortunate to be surrounded by people of all ages, whether it's, you know, it's in my personal life or philanthropy or business. They are implementing solutions, and I see it every day, and it really inspires me. You know, uh, Alberto, when I look into the future, I would say I see the ideal world would be free of pollution, with abundance of healthy and safe places, healthy food, uh, diverse communities, and people who are open and accepting, but most importantly, who are happy and thriving. Mm. And ideally, I would say, ideally, everyone, no matter their role, embraces at least two things that are important. One would be the responsibility for society's mental and physical health. And two, the responsibility for protecting our planet and our home. Together, I believe we are the solution. Hmm. You touch on the, the, the happy and healthy, but if we look at the happy, uh, I think there's a big deficit on that front. In many in many uh, societies, many communities that should ostensibly at least 
be happy, but many people just are not. It's our God-given potential. And you know, when I feel happy, I feel invincible, clear, you know, balanced, energetic, like anything is possible. Mm. And that's why transcendental meditation is so important to me and why I want to help give others the same experience. It shouldn't just be limited to a few because no one's potential, the potential to be happy or the potential to thrive should ever be wasted. And I think the research today is very clear that, that emotional and you know, mental health is important because it's a vital part of our lives and how we feel you know, impacts our thoughts, reactions and our behaviors, you know, everyone around us. I think we can all agree everything in life begins with a clear mind. That is where we all find our power and our strength. And, and how we feel contributes to, to how we make decisions, how we cope with worry, how we treat our family, our colleagues, even how we see the future. You know, TM is a simple technique that brings, you know, peace to each person. And it's so easily scalable, as anyone can learn and practice TM. And TM is taught the same everywhere around the world. Hmm. And it's not a particularly time-consuming practice, is it? I mean, I'm just wondering if somebody's listening to this and saying, yeah, that's fine, but look, there's 24 hours in the day and that's not enough for me. Where am I going to find time to sit down and meditate? You know, come on. What, well, what do you say to minutes, those? Yeah, well, I'll, it's 20 minutes twice a day. I'll just say what my father used to say. Mm. He says, we waste 20 minutes twice a day. <laughs> so, you know, he enjoyed the benefits, and I think he, he nailed it as well. Mm. Putting aside the, uh, the foundation itself, but you're also involved with, uh, with you're on the board of, the, uh, of trustees at Maharishi uh, International University. That's correct. Tell us a little bit about that. Just curious. Uh, so the Maharshi, I'm the chairman of the board of the Maharshi International University. I've been on the board for 20 years. Uh, my wife, Rona, was also a graduate of MIU. Um, it's a fully accredited university that's in um, Fairfield, Iowa, and has programs from computer science uh, to integrated health sciences. Um, it's a very successful university that I think I'm very proud of because it really produces um, the the value of education should be more than just skills, but should be that it develops those core principles of leadership uh, that we all need in our lives. And uh, those would be, you know, resiliency and innovative thinking. And that's the kind of graduate, that's the kind of education that should be the basis of all education in the world, it should develop the whole person. So it develops the skills, but transcendental meditation is also part of the curriculum. And so the person graduates more than just with skill sets. They graduate truly as a more evolved, integrated, clear, decisive person. Mm. Here's a question. Within your business, do you... And do you encourage folks who, who work in your team also to, you know, take it easy a little bit, meditate a bit, look at life beyond just the, the P&L? Of course. Um, if you want to grow your business, it's all based on the people that represent you. 
Mm. You can't do it all yourself. And people will give everything to you. And I think science has proven that unless you give them the tools so they can be everything they want to be and everything they need to be for their family and their community, you need to invest in them. So at our company, that means more than just providing health care. Uh, or it means more than providing uh, wellness programs such as exercise and diet, but it also means mental wellness. Mm. And so Transcendental Meditation is part of our healthcare program. Really? Great. And, Great. Yes. And that is uh, what you're seeing in, throughout corporate America now as well, because there's no way of controlling the cost of healthcare. Having healthcare does not prevent you from getting sick. It's just there in case. So the taking charge of your own health has to be in your own hands. And you need to know the knowledge and the skill sets to do that. Having access to develop your, your mind and your potential and your clarity is something you need every day. Like exercise you need every day or proper diet or proper sleep. The clarity of your mind is everything. It keeps you young. It mm. keeps you ambitious. It keeps you clear. It keeps you on the goal. Otherwise, you know, the stresses and strains of life wear you down. And then they increase your blood pressure. And the body begins to reflect the strains of a difficult life. And that is not the basis in which we can grow a business. So you must first invest in people. And that's what we're seeing throughout corporate America. Do some of your, um, I imagine they do, but some of the folks that you've introduced to TM in your in your team, do they say, Jeffrey, you know, I was a bit of a skeptic, but uh, <laughs> thanks for the intro. You know, uh, if you're if you're at our company, you see other people who learn TM. I don't need to sell it. Mm. They see it from their peers. They see how people have changed. You know, what I share is not, just me you see the same kinds of changes everywhere whether you're in uganda or whether you are in washington dc the need is the same the blossoming is the same you know meditation today is uh like it's like exercise it's like edu it's like education it's just that's just what's part of our lives maybe in earlier days it seemed um that it wasn't for active people but I think that many people have proven that wrong. Many very successful people have proven that wrong. The research has proven that wrong. And what we do need is we do need transcendental meditation as part of our lives. Hmm. What, are you, what are you most excited about right now? What's, uh, what's on your plate? I know you're a very vibrant, youthful person. So tell me, what's, uh, what's, uh, what are you roaring to go with? Okay, well, let me give you some examples. That'll be fun. Mm. Uh, so uh, about three years ago, uh, my foundation agreed to a multi-year pledge to the David Lynch Foundation mm -hmm. uh, at a community center called The Ark in Washington, D.C. Uh, the David Lynch Foundation was created to ensure that every child anywhere in the world who wanted to learn to meditate could do so. Okay. So now the ARC is based in Ward 7 and 8, which is a very poor area of Washington, D.C., mainly made up of African-Americans. And coincidentally and most unfortunately, 
this vulnerable community had the vast majority of the total COVID-19 deaths in Washington, D.C. Mm. But at the ARC, TM is offered free for those that are in need. Now, the last time I visited the ARC, people approached me and shared how this you know, meditation changed their lives and that of their families and friends. And I saw that those who that learn enjoy you know, coming to the center at the ARC to meditate with their friends and share the benefits with others in need. I think TM has proven throughout the world, but most definitely here in Washington, D.C., that it's an antidote to the toxic stress that they live in. And the David Lynch Foundation's impact is now being recognized and they are receiving financial awards from other local foundations and partnerships to continue our mission. And mm. just to give you a little taste of some of the other projects we're doing around the world, uh, we offer TM to healthcare workers and first responders on the front lines and to veterans uh, with PTSD with such promising results that uh, they're receiving government funding for increased access to research. We talked about the Marshall International University. Um, in Thailand, we are co-sponsors of a unique Buddhist school mm -hmm. that rescues orphans and other vulnerable girls by providing them with a, a holistic education environment that includes TM. And 98% of the girls go on to college. And around the world, TM is applied to children with attention deficits, including those on the autism spectrum. It's all in private, charter, and public schools. Uh, students are showing increasing grade point averages and graduation rates. And TM is used for programs to reduce school and gang violence. TM is in prisons. It's been showing declining recidivism rates. Um, it's showing that it's a helpful for nurse burnout and doctor burnout. People who practice TM have lower utilization of health care. Um, it's also in corporations now. It's part of healthcare program. It's been shown to reduce uh, alcohol and drug abuses. Uh, it's been used in domestic and sexual violence. It's also benefited the homeless and um, social injustices intervention. I would say healing. And it's really been very rewarding for me, uh, you know, as I review all this work to see how TM has touched and changed so many lives. And it's brought, it's really brought us real joy. And that's why I want to join with many organizations and philanthropists as, you know, as rapidly as possible to offer TM alongside whatever way, you know, they are working to end suffering in our world. And Jeffrey, before we wrap up, I, I always ask our guests, what's that key takeaway? What's the key thing that you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to the episode? Solutions exist. So for all these global you know, issues we've discussed, they just need to be implemented by people who care. So I think change is possible. And it always starts with one person. And I have found for real systemic change to happen must begin first within each of us. And 
I think it's also important to reflect, though, on where where real sustainable passion comes from. It comes from the fullness of an ever-flowing free heart and soul. Every act counts. There's always a domino effect to the people you touch, you know, with simple generosity and kindness. So do something that drives you, that fills your heart. Uh, it doesn't need to be complicated. Plant a tree, meditate, you know, donate, volunteer. It's, it's simple. Help put proven solutions to work, make a difference, and trust in your goodness. Hmm. Wonderful, wonderful thoughts on that. Jeffrey, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the Do One Better podcast today. For our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please click the subscribe button if you haven't already, and please share widely with others as well. We've been talking with Jeffrey Abramson, philanthropist, avid fan of Transcendental Meditation, co-founder of the Urona and Jeffrey Abramson Foundation, and someone with a big heart. So Jeffrey, thank you so very much for joining us today. It's been a, a real pleasure. Thank you, Alberta. I'm really honored to be on your show. Thank you for listening to the Do One Better podcast. If you want to find out more about our show, about our guests, additional links and resources, visit our website at liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I dot org. And don't forget, success at the Do One Better podcast is about inspiring you to be more philanthropic, to think more about sustainability, and to embrace social entrepreneurship. Hopefully these stories will encourage you to take action and change the world around you for the better.